episode of Dr. Me first. You time to wake up? You tired of sleeping? You tired of feeling drug out, tired, desperate, despair, burnout, all that shit? Well, you're in the right place, my friend, because today I am talking with a fellow amazing Dio woman, Dr. Denise Wunderler. And we met actually through how I've met a lot of guests recently through LinkedIn. I had reached out to her and said, hey, it's great to connect with a fellow Dio. And I have this crazy podcast. Why don't you listen to it? And she messaged me back and said this. Hey, thanks for the info. I'll definitely check out your podcast. When did you graduate from KCUMB? Whoop, whoop. I graduated in 2004. Oh my gosh. It made my heart swell so much to find a fellow graduate from my medical school. She went on to tell me the story that actually she is going to share here in the podcast. And it makes me squeeze my kiddos a little bit harder. But let me read the end part of her message to me, as I think she can only tell her story the best that she can. But she said, for the first time publicly, to draw more attention to my talk, I performed the first verse of I Think About You, a song for Vienna, at the beginning of my TED Talk, Sudden Unexplained Death in Childhood. My personal story, and it was at OMED, the physician conference in Baltimore, Maryland. Guys, I was at that conference, and I have to tell you, I couldn't believe I was speaking directly to the woman who I had heard her story about. So I want to invite you into this conversation. I want to encourage you to hear the words, the story, and hopefully have an opportunity to educate yourself about a disease that I honestly had never even heard about. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Denise, for opening up your heart and sharing with us about Vienna And I just want to give you a big warm hug, even though I know you're heartbroken, but surviving, you, my friend, are a total badass. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Denise Wunderler. It's so nice to have you on here with me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk with you, Erin. Absolutely. All right. Tell the people out there in podcasting world who you are and what you're all about. Okay. Thanks, Erin. So I'm Dr. Denise Wunderler, and I'm in New Jersey, and I'm a sports medicine physician trained at the Cleveland Clinic, uh, within the Cleveland Clinic Hospital System, Family Medicine Residency and Sports Medicine Fellowship. Mom of three wonderful kids. Um, I'm the president and founder of our family's 501c3 nonprofit team, Vienna, for SUDC Awareness. And more recently, I'm a co-founder of the SUDC uh, Coalition. And um, I'm also a team physician for USA Volleyball for the last 11 years. So that's been really fun and interesting. So that's, that's the basis of, I guess, what, you know, what I'm about and what I do at the moment. Um, I know we're talking today about sudden unexplained death in childhood, SUDC, which, you know, sadly, unfortunately, um, and tragically is, um, you know, integral part of my life, um, you know, since uh, November 12th, 2017. Yeah. And since you've introduced it, do you care to go ahead and tell your story about Vienna? Yes. Um, thank you. So my little girl, Vienna, um, she was 2.8 years old. This is back in November, 2017. And, um, healthy girl, no pre-existing medical issues um, that, would, w- that we would foresee to, to be a problem in the future. Um, she uh, fell asleep watching television 
with our other two kids, with our babysitter there, everyone within about 10 feet of each other in our family room. And um, watching a movie with them and uh, fell asleep and never woke up. And my husband and I were on our way home from a wedding. My husband and I are both physicians and um, received the frantic phone call 7.02 PM that this was happening. And um, you know, we talked to the medical examiner the next day, learned that there was nothing wrong with our little girl. And um, we were shocked that they found nothing. First thing I thought about was, oh my goodness, she's the youngest of three. Did she choke on something? And our medical examiner said, no, everything was completely normal. We took really good care of our little girl and that she feels that this could potentially be the case of sudden unexplained death in childhood SUDC. We said, well, we've heard of SIDS. What are you talking about? We've never heard of this. And she said, well, you know, this is a category of death in kids one to 18 years old, where after a thorough investigation, including an autopsy, medical record review, and um, testing investigation, there's no cause of death for these kids. And obviously we're shocked and surprised and couldn't believe that we'd never heard of this. And, um, and then come to find out, we learned that pretty much no one else has really heard of this as well until we um, found SUDC community of other families who sadly have also lost kids between the ages of 118 in a very similar way, whether it's, you know, in our case, she felt Vienna fell asleep watching TV, others fell asleep during a nap, never woke up, Others fell asleep, you know, at, during the regular course of a night, obviously, and then the next morning parents found them. So this is something that's really unknown in our medical community, and um, I want to change that. Yeah, and I just, my heart goes out to you, and I so appreciate you for coming on and telling the intimate story of your family. And the word that we kind of talked about to kind of preface this was driven. And I, yeah. I just, I love that so much. So explain how how through your story that driven was the word that you picked? So, well, you know, after Vienna died, my husband and I, you know, obviously in a fog and, and um, trying to figure out what, what happened to her. And we had no answers, lots of questions, but no answers. Um, and it didn't make sense to us how our, our sweet little girl who made so many people happy, not just our family, but her friends and her preschool and so many other people um, with her, her cute little ways and, and helpful ways, how her legacy could just end with that. And so, uh, you know, a few months had gone by and um, we, we entered a race actually as Team Vienna, um, uh, pretty much trying to do a lot of different activities that would honor Vienna, but then also increase awareness for SUDC and education for SUDC as well, support the research of which there was very, very little. So um, that then led to, of course, the founding of our nonprofit, um, where we're, we're trying to elevate the level of all these things that we're, we're, we're doing. And um, so we'll, we'll join a race, or we have our own races, our own walks, um, trying to get many people together, because there's power numbers, of course, um, you know, doing like, like podcasts with you and interviews and whatever we can do to get out there to, to try to um, spread this message. Um, there's even Vienna Collection handbags. There are you know, t-shirts, gear, all these different things. There's even bracelets. I mean, there's, you know, so many different ways that we're trying to um, connect Vienna's legacy and her face and, and, and her wonderful ways with SUDC. So people will think of her uh, when they hear a tragic story like ours and they may not remember my name and I would prefer they remember my daughter's name than my name, you know, and say, oh my gosh, this story reminds me so much of Vienna's story. And then they can help that family say, look, this is not your fault. This is something that happens. We don't understand why this happens. 
but you know, there are nonprofits out there that are trying to uh, push this cause forward in a major way. So hopefully eventually we can uncover causes and uncover preventative strategies that these deaths can be prevented. Yeah, that's what I was just getting ready to ask you is, you know, with the ongoing research, where is it right now with SUDC? Oh, um, not very far. Um, with, with no public funding, um, it's very challenging to, to, to do research on this. Um, there are a few research studies out there. Um, one paper that just came out uh, last spring, actually, um, dealt with... Um, febrile seizures, which, you know, medicine, where we learned that this is supposed to be a very benign entity in medicine, and the child grows out of it, and maybe a tiny increase of epilepsy, but really, that's it. And so Vienna did have four febrile seizures, and, um, but we really didn't really think much about it, because it's ingrained in us that these are benign, not right. to worry, not to worry, not to worry. We took her to the hospital, you know, the, the ER, um, three of the four times, because the first febrile seizure it was, was almost nothing really it was eyes to one side and lips were a little bit cyanotic was fine in 10 seconds my husband still called you know, uh, for backup for ems he's an emergency medicine physician but still felt the need to call for backup and then the other three times they were more convulsive and kind of getting worse and um so anyways um so now with this research study they found that of 391 kids uh, over the course of gosh 17 years or so of data ages one to six because that's where they had the most data that a third of these kids, so almost 30% of these 391 kids have a history of febrile seizures. Mm. And that's hugely significant in, in, in this world. And knowing that in the pediatric population, there's only about 3% of, of kids have febrile seizures. Now you're raising up to almost 30% um, of these kids in this research study, still a small study, but um, you know, who have a history of febrile seizures who now are dying suddenly without, without a cause. So I think this is going to change the way that we view, obviously, febrile seizures and hopefully support more research in that entity where, you know, let's figure out, is there something genetic? Is there something else that's going on that, that you know, these kids are already pre-programmed for this to happen once they have febrile seizures? I don't know, but there, there's a lot of uh, unanswered questions, unfortunately. I say that's probably the most um, prominent finding that's been found. There, there was a question of maybe some hippocampal abnormalities, but now they're not really sure about that anymore. Um, in terms of uh, febrile seizures, um, or any type of seizure for that matter, um, there was a study through the University of Iowa, this is a few years ago, where they're looking um, at uh, the amygdala, actually. And this is something that's new to me, um, and how they're looking at, and these are, you know, adults, it wasn't just, it wasn't an SUDC study, but um, it was seizures and, and the amygdala, and how when the seizure electrical pulse hit the, um, the amygdala, the person stopped breathing. And, and during the course of their, their sleep study, essentially, um, they stopped breathing, then they, they restarted. But the next, you know, when, when they did awake from this sleep study, um, the person had no recollection of stopping, of, of not breathing, had no recollection of this at all. So, so anyway, so I'm wondering, you know, is the amygdala now something that we have to look into in terms of febrile seizures? I don't know. So, uh, you know, there, there's over 11,000 papers on SIDS, over $500 million of, of research money and funding, however, zero for public funding for SUDC and maybe, gosh, less than 40 papers on SUDC in the yeah. literature. So a huge, a huge knowledge gap is what I'm huge. gathering from that. Yes. And yes. since you're talking to a big collection of um, colleagues, what is it most that you want us to walk away from or to know? Mm -hmm. 
Um, well, number one, that sudden unexplained death in childhood, SUDC, exists. And that's a category of death in kids one to 18 years old. Um, and, and, and knowing that there's a community out there that if they have a family um, who this happens to, that when they come to their offices, their answer is not, I've never heard of this. Their answer now can be, I've heard of this. And that in itself will cause the family to have some comfort. Because if you think about it, you know, you go to your pediatrician, your family doctor, you, you expect them to know everything. We know we don't know everything, obviously, as physicians. But yet, a, a, as a patient, you expect our physicians to know a certain amount of body of knowledge. And when our healthy child dies, you would expect your doctor to know about it. And the sad thing is, as most, you know, 99% of them don't. So if at least we as a medical community can say, look, patient, you know, mom, dad, you know, this happened, but this does exist. This could be SUDC if the pathology is normal, the, the toxicology is normal, all the other ancillary testing, you know, is negative. This is SUDC and we don't have any causes. This is not your fault. You know, I think those are the key things that we need to tell families. We don't have causes or any preventative measures yet, but, but we're definitely working on that. And the more people learn about this, then it won't be this black box of, we have no idea what this is. More people hear about it, and we can increase awareness, education, and it can become hopefully a household name one day like SIDS is. Yeah. And share one more time um, the website for uh, both the coalition and then also mm -hmm. Team Vienna. Yes. So the coalition is sudccoalition.com. And then my family's nonprofit is Team Vienna sudc.org. Perfect. And we will have all of that in the show notes. And it has just been so wonderful getting to know you. Another hashtag DO woman in medicine. <laughs> and so I yes. just want to put a call out to the audience that um, you are more than approachable. So get on get on our website, check her out, send her an email. If you had a similar experience, jump into the community. I think, yeah. gosh, community support is key. I mean, connection in our yes. life is so much more important um, than I think the value that we put on it. And I just appreciate you so much, Denise, coming Definitely. on the podcast, for educating all of us, for being an open book for um, this devastating but yet awesome cause. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. And um, yes, please, if anyone has any questions or if they do have a family who needs support, needs to talk to somebody, I'm more than willing to talk to anybody. And my, my uh, email is teamvienna2018 at yahoo.com. So I'd be more than happy to, to speak with anyone who needs me. Oh, and also this year, for the third year in a row, we are also doing Vienna's Day of International SUDC Awareness Day. And this is a day that I founded a couple of years ago. And what it is, is it's always the Saturday between Mother's Day and Memorial Day in the U.S. This year, it's Saturday, May 16th. And so this is a day where everyone across the globe remembers Vienna. So if they have a Team Vienna shirt, you can wear that. It's at teamviennasudc.org if people want to order that. Or wear hot pink because that's their favorite color. Hold a sign saying Team Vienna, Indianapolis, Indiana, or Team Vienna, Nepal. And um, uh, post on social media tagging me, Denise Wunderler, um, or sending it to my email. And, um, and la it's been an amazing day where people remember her. And last year in May, we did this, and we had all seven continents representing, in it was, including Antarctica. It was absolutely an incredible day 
of awareness and education. And we had over 70 locations across the globe. So we're hoping this year we even have more people representing. And, you know, in light of everything going on in the world now, you know, this would be a wonderful thing for everybody, you know, to do if they would like to um, help the cause and, and remember our little girl with us. So it's Vienna's Day of International SUDC Awareness this year on May 16th. 2020, we'd really appreciate the support because as we all know, there's power in numbers and we can all do this together to make an impact. Thank you so much, Anne, for having me. Have a good one. Denise, I admire your drive to speak truth out into the world about sudden unexplained death in childhood and to relay your experience of Vienna's life and her death so that as a medical community, we can find more advancements in a place that doesn't have light in it. Thank you so much for coming and being a guest. And I want to encourage all my listeners, May 16th, it's actually supposed to be the day that my Women in the Wild retreat is going to happen, but I don't think that's going to, given the circumstance that we are in the world. So I want all of you, May 16th, put it on your calendars, get your hot pink t-shirts out, go to the show notes, click on the links, buy a t-shirt or bracelet in honor of Vienna, and let's show up in numbers this year for the third annual Vienna's Day. Kick of encouragement time. Are you going to listen to the feather or the two by four? That was recent words that were spoken to me by a podcast guest, Nathan Eckel. He said, there's moments in life where you listen to that small spur that's like a feather tickling your soul, or you wait for the beating in the back of the head that's the two by four that says, come on, buddy, this is your chance and move. His words struck me so true. Because as I've started to get in touch with what the feather looks like, even though it feels scarier because it's more uncertain, it's definitely coming from a place of ease compared to when I've had my own two by four moments. So I just want to encourage you, think about your own life, what's happening around you. Are you listening to the feather or are you going to wait for the two by four? Maybe that's in life. Maybe it's in work. Maybe it's with your family or a different circumstance. I just want to encourage you. Take the time. Feel the feelings. Talk them through. Acknowledge that you can have some confliction and also that you have permission. You always have permission. As we end this up, I just want to remind you, as always, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.